This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Steve Rosenberg. Thanks for being on the show, Steve. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Appreciate it. No, I'm honored to have you on the show. And just from a, a little bit of our discussion, I'm excited to get into our talk today and, and learning more about you and the success that you've had and how you've got there, because I know it's going to be very valuable to the listeners. And I, I wanted to remind the listeners before we get started to go to LifeBridge Capital and go to the Contact Us page and uh, sign up. I'd love to have a call with you. And, and through that, we'll schedule a time to, to speak and help you any way I can. But a little about Steve, he's a commercial airline pilot who turned investor after 9-11 threatened his, quote, secure, end quote, livelihood. And I think a lot of us can relate to that, just thinking we're in this secure corporate position, you know, and wanting trying to move into real estate now that we've got a greater understanding that it's not as secure as we thought. Uh, he's owned apartment buildings and many, many single family homes and, and wholesaled over 100 properties. And he's been in this real estate game for a while now and just really crushing it. After meeting his business partner, Pete, they failed miserably as investors thanks to terrible tenants, worse neighborhoods, and zero structure. It took them years, but with help, they have figured out how to leverage each other's strengths. He's currently on two podcast shows, Landlord Survival and Lions Leadership Den. So, Steve, you know, thank you so much for, for your time today. I appreciate, you know, your, your time this morning early, you know, and being on the show. And, you know, I wanted to tell the listeners also, you know, I wanted to give them this, because Steve has a property management company that's managing over a thousand properties while working full time. And so there's not many people that I've heard that, you know, that can say something like that. So, you know, Steve, give the listeners a little more about, you know, who you are and let's jump into how you, how you manage something like that while working full time. Sure, sure. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And yeah, I've learned how to be a, I don't want to say a task master, but I'd probably say a delegate master for delegating stuff. So yeah, my story began on 9-11. I was an airline pilot and I, I still am. I, I work for a major airline. And basically the safe, secure job that I thought I had on September 10th of 2001 pretty much evaporated on 2001, 9-11. And what I realized was that safe, secure job was anything but. Because on September 13th, about three days later, I was delivered a furlough notice. that basically was saying, thanks for playing, but we don't think we're going to need you anymore, your services. And you're going to be out on the street with 100,000 other airline pilots just like you. And so I realized that that safe, secure job really was anything but. And as a matter of fact, it was actually more dangerous because I was so specialized in what I did. I really didn't have skills to do anything else. And so luckily, I never did lose my job. I came within 30 of the bottom of getting furloughed. But it taught me a very valuable lesson. And, and while I still am a pilot and I still love flying and I love everything about that, I also know that it's a job. And I know at any point I could get a notice that says, hey, we're going out of business. We made a bad financial move, whatever it is. So I've realized how vulnerable you can be, which is why I started buying real estate. I started flipping properties, wholesaling properties, and got a lot of, uh, did very well with that because I was really negotiating, really. I wasn't actually taking possession, I was wholesaling contracts. Got enough money and bought an apartment complex with my business partner still to this day. We sold that. And then I started buying some houses and made some very tactical errors on that. Kind of the, we're smart. We're the smartest kids on the block because we just made a lot of money selling an apartment complex. Kind of challenge is what we had. And we started buying a lot of stuff. And they really were not good properties. When I say not good properties, they were low-income properties. 
And it's not that those are bad. They just were, did not fit our business model. And because we didn't have a business model, it didn't fit anything. And so we thought they would be passive and, and they weren't. Anyways, that led to us having to figure out how to manage them, which we did. That led us to getting other investors wanting us to manage their properties, which we did. And uh, one of the best things we actually did was we got a business coach before we even realized we had a business and basically just did everything that the business coach told us. It was very big in investing in ourselves, self-development, understanding business model structure, and grew a company within seven years. We manage about $160 million in assets. We collect about $1.6 million a month in rent. It's all single family properties, which is obviously has its challenges geographically. We're in three cities. We're in Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth, Texas. And we're, we're just growing through really through sound business structure. And the way that we've been able to do that, like we were talking before the, the show, is we've understand the use of leverage. And I've understand how to put right person, right seat in any structure. And the way that we do that is we offload things to virtual assistants. And we offload specific tasks that we need done, which everyone knows VA virtual assistant is kind of the buzzword nowadays. But we've actually learned how to master it from an operational level, which is very, very tough. And so that's kind of where we're at today. And we're just plugging along, growing, you know, leaps and bounds and, and dominating as much as possible. Awesome. Wow. There's so many things there. I'd, I'd love for us to, you know, dive into. I know we won't have time to get to everything, but, you know, this, it, it, you had a need, right? You had a need and, and or I think you, you partnered, you know, with, with this guy and you, and you all had some, had some problems, right? And, and it pushed you to, to learn this business a little better, pushed you to get a coach. And we talked about that on many shows, just the importance of having a coach, you know, a mentor, somebody like that. I mean, it just, it, it's so crucial. And, you know, some of the, the top players in any industry, they all have a coach. And sometimes two or three coaches, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan. I mean, all the best in the world. Were they the best because they were the best or were they the best because they were coached? You know, and so you you can have any, you know, you can say it any way you want. But the reality is, is this is not a singular sport. Investing is not a singular sport. Running investment properties is not a singular sport. It's a matter of, it's like a general. A general doesn't win a war, his troops do. And so people need to, I think the biggest challenge we all have when we get involved in, you know, real estate or syndication or anything, you know, everybody thinks that what they do is relative to how smart they are or how good they are. And it's not, you know, people mistake progress for movement. And I think a lot of us think that because we're busy or we want to be the smartest in the room, sometimes that's not the best position to be in. Sometimes shutting up and listening and, and taking smarter advice from people that have been down that path is the better way to go, or at least for me, it was. And I'm very humble that if I see someone smarter than me, I'm at the front of the row and I'm the, I'll be their best student because I want to learn from those people because they have done something that I haven't. And I am not the smartest person. I, I'm an airline pilot. I tell people, I, I, I mean, I've been fortunate enough that we've grown our company. I have a lot of the ability to travel. I do a lot of speaking around the United States as well as Australia on property management, on investing. But the reality is, is the only reason I can do that is because I have the team behind me. And I was smart enough to say, I'm not smart enough. How do I do this? And that, that's something people have a challenge with, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not where I'm at because I'm the smartest person at doing everything that we have to do. It's not yeah. possible. And you, ha you, have to, you have to figure that out at some point that you're going to hire people to specialize in certain parts of the business. But, but I'd love to get into, you know, how you've started to do this. You know, help us to be that master delegator like you were, you were talking about. You know, you all learned to, you know, understand how to delegate, making sure the correct person is, is in that seat. You know, how do we do that? 
Sure. Well, you know, it starts with, it sounds boring, but it starts with the basics of really, what is the goal? Like, you know, people get involved in investing and, and you know, as well as I do, you know, people get involved in apartments or houses and nobody really has a goal or an end destination as to what all of this real estate does for them. And so when I ask people, when people come to me and they say, Steve, I want to start investing, I'll ask them why, like, what's the reason? Because you're a doctor, you're an engineer, you're whatever. It's not for the money right now. So what, what is it? What is that going to give you? Because if you don't have a goal and you don't have a final destination, I can't help you get there because buying apartments, buying houses, flipping, those are not goals. That is the strategy that is going to carry you to that goal. So I think a lot of times our definitions are mistaken where we think owning an apartment complex is the goal. That's not the goal. That's the strategy that eventually is going to get you somewhere. And so I think that, you know, very, very rudimentary, I would say, sit down before you even buy a single door and figure out why am I doing this? What is the goal in life? Is it to pass down to my children as a legacy? Is it to live off the cash flow? You know, what, what is that? And identify that. And then from there, once you know the goal, then you create the strategy to get you to the goal. So for example, if you said, hey, our goal is to get to Disneyland today, I would say, okay, the strategy is what freeways we're going to take to get us to Disneyland because Disneyland is the end destination. And so a lot of people don't do that. I was one of those people that I just got on the freeway and started driving northbound when Disneyland was westbound. And I was just driving along and I didn't know where I was going. And they said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I'll figure it out on the road. Well, you're going the wrong direction. And which means you're, you're spending a lot of time doing movement without being progressing towards the goal. So I think that, again, I think thinking is more important than doing. And a lot of times people are so focused on the how do I do it, they don't really think about the why. Why am I doing this? And I think that if people did that more, that would be the basis to even just start this whole thing off from there. Would be a very, I know it doesn't sound fun, it doesn't sound sexy, but that's the reality of investing. Our guest is KK Singh. Thanks for being on the show, KK. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure with me. So you wanted to get into multifamily. You quickly realized how long it was going to take with single family you know, to scale. So you started pursuing multifamily. You started submitting those LOIs, all of them getting rejected. Quickly, you realized it's a whole new animal, like you mentioned, than what you had been doing. And so I guess let's walk through that approach a little bit, because I've had numerous people invest with me who are you know, they're looking to be a syndicator, they're looking to get into deals, you know, eventually be a deal sponsor, you know, just like yourself. But, you know, they've invested just to learn the industry and learn the business better, just like you did. But, you know, let's help that listener now or that maybe potential investor who wants to be a syndicator or deal sponsor, you know, go through those thought processes that you were having then as far as, you know, well, should I be a passive investor so I can learn the business or should I just keep putting in my LOIs. So I guess take us back to when you were there a few years ago and, and how you decided to really be a passive to learn to do, do this business. Actually, when I was in the gas station business, I have a lot of cash flow because of my, I have eight gas stations and a laundromat. And my main purpose was how can I reduce my taxes? That was the main purpose. And we bought these 40 single family houses and ended up paying a little more, even more taxes. And I realized and I signed up on bigger pockets, start learning about my and the multifamily and the syndication process. That's when I learned about what syndication is. So I started following 
some syndicators on bigger pockets and went to their website, kept learning, read some books about syndication. And finally, I decided to take some courses. So when I started, I was not interested in becoming a syndicator, but I thought I'm going to keep investing passively. But as I started learning, I realized that it was my passion. So I decided to go active instead of passive. But I started taking courses. I took, I took like four courses, four courses, read a lot of syndication books, read a, a lot of other books. And also, I got into some motivational stuff since I attended Rod Cleave's uh, camp uh, two years ago. And it was so motivational. I started learning about motivations and setting up my goals. I had been setting up my goals, but most of my goals I couldn't meet because I was not doing the right way. So I started learning about setting goals, how to set goals and how to track my goals and how to be very specific on the goals. So I I started learning all that motivational stuff and uh, kept moving on, onwards and upwards, which is our motto of our company. So I kept learning and kept doing some stuff every day and finally, I invested in seven deals passively so far. And in two deals, I'm a general partner. So I kept moving on and upwards and onwards. And, and that's how I got here. Awesome. So, so you're very experienced as a passive investor. You know, you've invested on seven deals. Uh, you know, let's help the passive investor, you know, from your experience and know you know, who to partner with and what we should be looking for. Maybe some, help them get started. Just a few things that they should help narrow down, right? Narrow down the the deals, the opportunities, you know, to quickly say, okay, here's some sponsors that I want to start hearing from, you know, their opportunities. You know, how do we know who those people should be? Okay, how I started, I started following them on bigger pockets. And I made, look at this here. I, I have been writing all, taking notes, making links in my Evernote. I'm very passionate about Evernote. I use Evernote a lot. So I made a list of the sponsors who I found on the internet. First, I started with the bigger pockets. I made a whole list and then I went and started following them on bigger pockets. And then I, uh, from there, I went to their website, did some research, did their track record, how many deals they have done. I went to their website and then started following them and then interviewing them. And I made a list of these, all these questions, 42 questions to ask them. And as I kept learning, the list started keeping bigger, making bigger. And then I made my criteria. I wrote down my criteria of investment. So that was passively. How do I pick up my sponsor? How do I pick up the deals? And so I wrote down the criteria and, Finally, I picked up one sponsor to start with, the closest one in Indianapolis, which was Ivan Barrett, and invested with him in the deal and kept learning. And then I got a, um, access to the reports. Every three months, they send the reports. The reports, I go to the portal and I can download the reports and read those reports, what's going on on the property. And also, I could see the money coming, flowing in. That's how I I figured out. And I did research on several other sponsors too, and I'm invested with four or five different, five different sponsors. 
So what about that criteria? Could you help us with that criteria or somebody that, you know, is just getting started? They don't they don't really understand how to make, even come up with the criteria they should have. Okay, okay, so, you know, help them build their criteria for that, you know, that deal sponsor that, you know, the criteria like you had. Okay, first of all, in my criteria, number one is the strong growth market. I want to see, look at the population of the market. I want to see the job growth of the market. So when I received these offering memorandums, I signed up with several syndicators, as I told you, that I talked to several of them. And I kept receiving, started receiving, I got on their email list and started receiving the OMs. And then I go online, since I had taken all these classes in the coaching programs uh, uh, from Rod Cleave, Neil Bava, and some others. So I know how to research the market. So I, I did own my, my own research. And then I, uh, from the job market, then then I I looked at the underwriting, if it's uh, conservative underwriting or or it's liberal underwriting. So I do my own research. And then I look at my minimum IRR. I want my money to double in five to six years. And I always invest where the investors have a skin in the game. That's one of my criteria. And then I want to look at the cash cash on cash return, the return, annualized return, and the IRR. And I like to exit within five to seven years. And this criteria may differ from person to person, depending on their goals and their financial ability to invest. But this is what my criteria I wrote down. And I am also going to be at some point investing in other asset classes, like the mobile parks and the storage units. But I'm now focusing on the multifamily at this time. Yeah, I think one key thing though about you, you know, I, you know, we've talked at numerous events and stuff now, and it's been great to get to know you and and just your growth in this business as well, and see that happen. And and but you know, one key thing about you is that you have educated yourself. You have really spent the time. You've spent the money, and you know, you've met the people in the business, and you, and you have educated yourself. And so, you know, even right. if you never became you know a general partner or a deal sponsor, like you're much more educated, you're much more savvy about investing in these type of opportunities because of the work you've done, you know, beforehand. And so even talking about a strong growth market or and knowing where to find that information and what that should look like to the, I mean, especially to the underwriting and numerous other things you mentioned, most investors or most people, you know, they're busy with their, their other business or their day job, whatever that may be. They don't want to have to take the time to educate themselves like you have, you know, so I feel like you're you're much more savvy than most. But but maybe for the listener, you know, let's break a few of those down as far as the like strong growth market, job growth. What's going to help you see that, OK, this is a good market as far as job growth and population growth. Do you have a couple specific things on the amount of growth or anything like that or maybe where you would well, find that information? Yes, Brittany, if there is no job growth or if there is no population growth. You cannot expect your occupancy to be higher. You cannot expect the rents to go up. You always, if the population is going down, and then there are going to be, I mean, it's a demand and supply thing. So if the population is going down, definitely the vacancy is going to be higher. And if people don't have money, if the jobs, the people are losing jobs as they did in 2007, 8, 
then what they do is normally they consolidate themselves. If son is living separate, then they'll move with their parents so that they can make both ends meet. So I think uh, these are the basic points. Population and the job growth are the two keys that everybody should be looking, even they invest as a limited partner or a general partner, or even if they buy a property for themselves. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.